98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines, a top epidemiologist adds his voice to the chorus questioning whether mass testing can stem the COVID outbreak. The government says it's liaising with the mainland over fresh food and there's no need for the public to worry. And Russian troops advance on the Ukrainian capital while the International Criminal Court opens up war crimes investigations. A top epidemiologist says the citywide testing scheme will be useful in helping to control the current COVID outbreak. But Professor Benjamin Cowling from the University of Hong Kong School of Public Health said if the purpose was to get the number of cases back down to zero, it would consume a huge amount of resources for very little public health benefit. Professor Cowling also said the number of COVID cases in Hong Kong could peak in about seven days. But it would only be a halfway mark, and there would still be a long way to go in the epidemic. If the objective is to try to slow down transmission, then I think the sooner the better, and the more stringent the measures taken, the more impact that it will have. Even though we're approaching the peak, having additional measures in place to reduce transmission will reduce the number of infections, will reduce the number of severe cases, and will reduce the number of deaths. On the other hand, though, what I've heard is that the mass testing might be with the idea of getting us all the way back down to zero. I I said earlier, within about two months, the case numbers will be very low anyway. If we're doing it just to bring an outbreak to a complete end, that's an enormous amount of resources that are required for relatively limited public health benefits. The government is adding two more COVID-19 mobile vaccination stations to serve students and people in public housing estates. They'll stop at three estates in Tunmun, Tinsoiwai, and Taipo, as well as the Tinhao Temple Feng Shui Square from tomorrow. Each station will provide either the Sinovac or the BioNTech jabs. One of the mobile stations will also visit schools later this month. People can walk in or phone a hotline to make a booking. Transport Secretary Frank Chan has assured the public that the mainland can supply Hong Kong with fresh food and there's no need for panic. Uh, Speaking on an RTHK program, Mr. Chan also said that the government has asked the mainland to send the SAR more fresh food, noting that yesterday's consignment of chilled pork was almost twice as big as normal. Mr. Chan said supplies are arriving in Hong Kong by road, sea and rail, and more rail consignments will be arranged if necessary. There's been panic buying in supermarkets in recent days because people are worried and we've learned that some supermarket staff, such as those doing warehouse work or stocking shelves, have been infected. Government departments have been talking to the big supermarkets and the supermarkets have assured them that the good supply is adequate and staff will be deployed to deal with this work. I think people will gradually realise that Hong Kong's food supply won't be affected and there's no need for panic buying because for fresh food, the most important thing is that it's fresh. Earlier this week, Hong Kongers stripped supermarket shelves bare amid fears of an imminent citywide lockdown. Mr Chan says officials are still working out the details of an upcoming mass testing exercise and will factor in people's daily needs. The Society of Hospital Pharmacists of Hong Kong has urged the government to help local firms boost production of paracetamol, a common painkiller that can reduce fever. Supplies have been running short after it was snapped up by shoppers worried by the pandemic. The Society's president, William Choi, said local drug makers had complained of a shortage of raw materials to produce the drug. He said the authorities could help with this. Paracetamol is not so 
uh, difficult to manufacture because this is a very old drugs and a very safe for relief for relieving the fever and also pain and headache. Of course, we have the brand product called Panadol, but Panadol, the supply of Panadol is very limited at the, at the moment. So we have to re- rely on the local manufacturer to make more paracetamol. The head of a local company that manufactures rapid antigen test kits says people should make sure that the COVID-19 test kits they're buying have been approved by the Hong Kong government or by authorities in other countries like the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Ricky Chu, the chairman of the and CEO of Phase Scientific, told RTHK's Backchat program that if people really want to be sure of the quality of the test, they can check to see if the test has been through prospective clinical studies to be very selective uh, to, good, to, to get the good qualities one, uh, we may have to look a little bit deeper into the list and select the one that have actually performed something called uh, prospective clinical studies, meaning that that involve a third party um, clinics or hospital that enrolled um, citizens that without prior knowledge about their status, whether they are COVID positive or not, whether they are symptomatic or not, they just enroll them and then apply, you know, the, uh, the, the rapid test to them and compare the result with a gold standard, rapid, uh, uh, gold standard PCR. Mr. Chu added that cost doesn't necessarily indicate whether or not a rapid test is effective. He also said shoppers should check whether the test included a customer service hotline. Overseas in Ukraine, large explosions have been heard in the Ukrainian capital, Kiev, a week after Russia began its incursion. Footage posted on social media showed a huge blast lighting up the night sky. The southern port of Kherson has become the first major city to be taken by Russian troops. There's also been heavy shelling of Kharkiv in the east. The security body, the OSCE, says one of its monitors was killed there. President Volodymyr Zelensky praised the courage of Ukrainians defending their country, and he said Russian soldiers were struggling. Despite the fact that there are more of them, the morale of the enemy is deteriorating. More and more occupiers are fleeing back to Russia. I sincerely admire the heroic civilians of the cities of Konodop, Bashtanka, Enegadar and Melitopol, other cities and villages of Ukraine that do not allow the occupiers to pass through, blocking everything for them, blocking roads. People come out in front of enemy vehicles. This is extremely dangerous, but how courageous. The chief prosecutor at the International Criminal Court has said he's opening an immediate investigation into possible war crimes committed in Ukraine. Karim Khan said he'd received requests to do so from 39 countries and the collection of evidence had begun. The referral by member states will fast-track the process. U.S. legislators were among those supporting Ukraine's war crimes complaint to the ICC. Among them, the Republican Senator Lindsey Graham. I want to let the Russian generals and the Russian pilots know that you follow the orders of Putin at your own peril. You can find yourself in The Hague if you drop cluster bombs on civilians, if you use vacuum bombs, if you have a scorched earth policy to get the Ukrainian uh, people to submit to your will. So the world is watching you, not just Putin. 
Ukraine says a delegation has left Kiev for a second round of peace talks today with representatives from Russia just across the border in Belarus. Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, has said Moscow remains committed to the demilitarization of, U- of Ukraine. But he said Russia recognized the Ukrainian people's right to choose their own leader. In Washington, U.S. State Secretary of State Antony Blinken said he was keeping the door to diplomacy open. I've been in virtually daily contact with my, my friend and counterpart, Ukraine's Foreign Minister Kaleva. And I've made clear that we'll support any diplomatic efforts by the Ukrainian government to reach a ceasefire and withdrawal of Russian forces. If there are diplomatic steps that we can take that the Ukrainian government believes would be helpful, we're prepared to take them, even as we continue to support Ukraine's ability to defend itself. Forbes magazine says the German authorities have seized a superyacht from its Russian billionaire owner, Alisha Uzmanov. The Dilbar, which is valued at 600 million U.S. dollars and is more than 150 meters long, was reportedly seized in Hamburg. Mr. Uzmanov is one of 25 prominent Russians who have been sanctioned by the EU because of ties to the Russian government. Other Russian-owned yachts have been seen heading to the Maldives, an island nation in the Indian Ocean that does not have an extradition treaty with the U.S. Music streaming giant Spotify says it's closed its office in Russia and removed Russian state-sponsored content from its service. Spotify said it had also examined thousands of podcast episodes since the start of the Russian incursion and limited users' ability to find podcasts owned and operated by media outlets tied to the Russian state. Spotify said that earlier in the week it had removed all content from Russian state-sponsored news outlets RT and Sputnik within the European Union and other markets. However, it plans to keep its surface open to Russian users. Dozens of Russian and Ukrainian protesters have protested near the Panama Canal, urging the Panamanian government to close the waterway to Russian shipping. The move would be symbolic at best because few Russian vessels use the waterway linking the Atlantic and Pacific. Under a 1977 treaty, the waterway is supposed to remain neutral in the event of international conflict. Some 3.5% of the world's maritime trade passes through the canal. The top user is the United States, with 72.5% of all freight. Russia is not among the top 15 users. Still in Ukraine, the World Bank says it's halting all of its ongoing projects in Russia and Belarus. The development lender said it stopped all its programs in Russia and Belarus with immediate effect. According to the bank's website, the institution has 11 ongoing projects in Belarus for a total cost of 1.2 billion U.S. dollars and which deal with energy, education, transportation and the COVID-19 response. For Russia, there are just four projects costing 370 million U.S. dollars. On Tuesday, the bank said it was preparing a $3 billion aid package for Ukraine, which will include at least $350 million in immediate funds. A court in Tokyo has given a former Nissan executive, Greg Kelly, a six-month suspended sentence on charges that he helped the company's former chairman to conceal income. Mr. Kelly, an American, was detained together with Carlos Gozen in November 2018, but Mr. Gozen managed to flee to Lebanon. Prosecutors had accused Mr. Kelly of helping Mr. Gozen to avoid disclosure of 80 million U.S. dollars that Nissan planned to pay him after his retirement. They demanded a two-year sentence. Mr. Kelly denied any wrongdoing and said his only intention was to dissuade Mr. Gozen 
from joining a rival car maker. A new record for a work by the Belgian surrealist René Magritte has been set at Sotheby's auction house in London. L'Empire des Lumières, hailed as a masterpiece of 20th century art, was sold for nearly 80 million U.S. dollars. The painting has been described as one of the most defining images of the surrealistic, surrealistic movement. The previous record for a Magritte was held by La, Prince, uh, La Principe du Plaisir, which sold at Sotheby's in New York four years ago. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 22,459. That's 114 points up on the previous close. The turnover was $65.1 billion. And in currencies, a short time ago, the U.S. dollar was at 115.62 to the yen. The euro was at one U.S. dollar and 11 cents. And the pound would buy you 10 Hong Kong dollars and 46 cents. To sport, the owner of the European football champions, Chelsea, said he's planning to sell the club. In a statement on Chelsea's website, the Russian businessman Roman Abramovich called it an incredibly difficult decision to make. Abramovich says his ownership of Chelsea has never been about business nor money. The BBC's John Murray has more. He has put one and a half billion pounds into Chelsea Football Club. So what will happen to that? What will it mean for that? Well, the statement says... Quoting Abramovich, I will not be asking for any loans to be repaid. The former England captain Alan Shearer has criticised Abramovich for failing to condemn Russia's attack on Ukraine. Huge moment for Chelsea Football Club. Um, He's brought massive success over his 20 years. But it's not as simple as selling the football club. As we know, it can take months, even years to to sell a, a football club but I think more importantly there's still still no condemnation um, from Roman or the club about what's happening in Ukraine. Everton have suspended their commercial sponsorship arrangements with Russian companies part owned by Alicia Uzmanov following the attack on Ukraine. The billionaire has had his, his assets frozen by the European Union. The Everton manager Frank Lampard said he has faith in the people making decisions for the club. I think I, in the short time that I've been at the club and working personally with the people who really matter at the club, and I say I interviewed with the board and I've got a close relationship with the board, I had absolute faith that they would make, they were making the right decisions as they see them in the right way. The way we behaved last Saturday against Manchester City, I thought we were one of the forerunners of, of, of behaving well um, and showing solidarity and, and uh, unity and in the right way. And, and I think today again is a, in a, in a, is a show of of us as a club doing the right thing and it's a suspension as, as the statement said today and I think it was the right thing to do On the pitch Chelsea are through to the last eight of the English FA Cup the visitors got past second tier Luton Town 3-2 Romelu Lukaku scored this winner for Chelsea The ball is played through Werner placed it across Lukaku is there in the six yard box and Chelsea for the first time in the last quarter of an hour are in front in this tie. Takumi Minamino scored twice as Liverpool held off Norwich 2-1 to progress to the quarterfinals. Southampton were 3-1 winners over West Ham. And taking a look at the weather, it's 22 degrees Celsius and the relative humidity is 65%. And that's the news from RTHK. Well, I woke up this morning, stubbed my toe, tried to call my girl, but couldn't find my phone.
grabbed the keys and I hit the road. But that street was closed, so I lost the job I needed to keep. And the rent's due by the end of the week. They say it don't get no worse than this. But I only got a word. I was halfway smoked a couple coins. But damn, I'm broke. I got some points from a song I sold. But I don't know how it goes. So nobody will ever know who I my to the 123 show with me, Sadia Osmani. After 1.30 today, I look into a study that says that there are a number of perfectionists around have actually re- increased over time. And there are actually three main types. So what category do you think you fall into? Well, if that is if you consider yourself as a perfectionist. Well, I'll be talking about that after 1.30. After 2 p.m. today, the one and only Noreen Mir joins me for Chinwag, and we'll be talking about panic buying. After 2.30, we're artsing around again with Andrew Dembina as he gives us an update on the local and global art scene. So that is all coming up between now and 3 p.m. I don't want Yeah. 
I won't do that. 